Welcome to another edition of the Practice Squad Sports Podcast. Uh, we are a week into free agency. The moratorium period has, is over. Teams have officially signed players uh, and there is a lot to talk about. And here to talk about those all of those things with me today is uh, Max Richardson and Jared Lenahan. Uh, boys, where do we start? Philadelphia. <laughs> I guess we'll start in Philadelphia. Nah, 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 that's right. <laughs> no, I don't I want mean, to talk about Philly at all, if you don't mind. I mean, before we get before we get started, would you like to say farewell to one Timothy John McConnell? Yes, uh, I had to update my phone, as you can see. <laughs> Look, um, this guy, undrafted, actually flew his way to the NBA Combine because someone pulled out, paid off his own back just to get to the Combine, wasn't invited to Sixers training camp, um, then got a late call up to that as well, made his way onto the roster. Um, a lot was kind of made of the the process era and that the kind of the general manager just kind of saw players as um, assets really and kind of just had a bit of disregard for them. But this player... Um, he really kind of came out of that um, and now he's getting $7 million. I mean, it's a credit to him. Um, I've had countless memories watching him play, including his buzzer beater over Camelo Anthony. Um, he's ha- had a triple-double um, and just the kind of grit and determination of him um, is something that the Pacers are really going to enjoy. So thank you, Timothy John. <laughs> Uh, we'll tweet that out to him, okay. mate. Um, <coughs> I mean, let's let's start with the big news coming out of the start of free agency, shall we? Uh, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant teaming up and going to going to New York, uh, Brooklyn, not the Knicks. Um, I mean, obviously, going to be a contender in a couple of years' time. Can they can they contend this year as well? I think they'll be thereabouts. Yeah, that kind of secondary tier. Um, I mean, we'll see how Durant goes, but Kyrie Irving's still a phenomenal basketball player. Um, then you've got just pretty much the rest of their team that they had last year with Jared Allen and Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert, who really um, had an interrupted season. But you can really see the potential that he's got. Yeah, um, I mean. We, we, we did mention... So we, we just wrapped up a, a recent pod about uh, the whole Kawhi Leonard situation, so I should note that we won't be discussing uh, Kawhi Leonard or the Lakers... In any um, depth. In, in, or in, the Clippers in really any... Yeah, in any broader depth. conversations, we might, but in specifics, we won't, because we dedicated yeah. about an hour to that just before. Yes. Because it needed uh, its own podcast. But, but in, that, in that podcast, we sort of briefly touched on tiers in the Eastern Conference going into this season, uh, where we had uh, Milwaukee and um, Philadelphia in the top tier. I think tier. Boston's in the top tier And well. Boston. Uh, and really? then Indiana yeah. and... That might, that's my opinion. Why? I don't know. I think Jason Tatum's a very good basketball player. Yeah, I think... Um, Kemba Walker, Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown. 
Ennis Cantor. Ennis Cantor is a good player off he's the bench. He can, but he's yeah. Offensively speaking, he brings something very handy off the bench. Um, we we will get into into Boston shortly. Um, but we what we think Brooklyn's in that second tier going into this season. I think so. With Indiana. Yeah. Um. So what? Looking at a four or five seed. Yeah. Maybe with Toronto as well. Yeah. Uh, depending on what they do. They, yeah. The thing with the East is it's very interchangeable and opinionated. So one person might prefer. See, I'm higher on the paces with Oladipo back than people will be with you know other teams or whatever. It's more opinionated, and you can make arguments. For certain teams in the East, whereas the West, you've got a few powerhouses now that you're going to point directly to. Um, but the East, beyond Milwaukee and Philly, I think is just completely wide open. Um, and I don't think Milwaukee or Philly would be locks to win the East either. So it's just a completely wide open conference. Um, and I think it, it comes down to opinion how you want to tier them or whatever. So, And, and all the free agency moves have just made it even more exciting for me as well. Yeah, Um I mean, do we think that Brooklyn can make a play for the NBA Finals this year? No. No? no? I think they can cause issues um, for teams on their path to the Finals, but I don't think they're quite ready for the Finals this year. Um with Durant back, obviously a completely different story. I wouldn't be surprised to see them in the semifinals of the East, perhaps even the Eastern Finals if they, you know, really get things together. Because they're a young group, a lot, of, a lot of young talent there, plus Kyrie, who isn't my cup of tea, as Max used the term before, isn't my cup of tea as a player. Um, but they're going to be better than they were last year. It just depends how that scales against the other teams in the East, so... I can see them being there or thereabouts, but I don't see them being in the finals. You'd have to probably expect Karis LeVert to take a massive step to be that kind of second scorer that yeah. you kind of need to to be in those kind of playoff scenarios. I think um, I think he has the potential to in the future, uh, but whether it's next year, just given his injury uh, last year and that sort of, I mean, the expectation that that might have stunted his development a little bit in the short term. Um, I think it'll be interesting. I mean, I think it's, I think it'll be interesting from a chemistry point of view how, I mean, we obviously know what happened in Boston with Kyrie, um, how much Kevin Durant will be around the team this season will be interesting. I think that having that second star with Kyrie might sort of ground all of that a little bit, but I think also the fact that you saw the main component of that locker room in um, uh, Max's favourite player, Jared Dudley, leave. Bum. Um, Bum. <laughs> but there is, there is no doubt how much he brings to a locker room uh, in terms of chemistry. He's got uh, real estate in all of Philly's heads. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I think it will be interesting think, to see how yeah. that affects... Uh, their chemistry as well, but that that core that core group is still there. So they obviously already have. They were one of the yeah. most enjoyable teams uh, to think, watch. You could see how well they got along last season. Yeah. Um. So that's obviously to, quite a hand. To surmise the Nets, I'd say with Durant healthy, they're probably going to be your Eastern favourites. 
Yeah, with healthy I would Durant so as pre well. Achilles, yeah. I'd suggest they're going to be Eastern favourites. Um, without Durant this season, I'm going to say they're going to be there or thereabouts, but not quite there. Um, then Durant post injury question marks, but you're still going to have them with a year of development with all their players. Um, and Durant hopefully boating into the group on his year year out. Hopefully he'll come back and replicate his former self because I hate seeing any player, you know, especially diminish, especially of someone of that yeah. extreme talent, one of the most talented, prolific players we've ever seen. Um, so, yeah, that's probably how I'd summarise the Nets, personally. Um, let's, let's go across the river to uh, Big Brother, the New York Knicks, Not the, so the centrepiece of New York basketball. Um, let's sort of preempt Daniel Durante's Knicks talk a little bit. Uh, I mean, obviously they figured out pretty early that they weren't going to get any of the big names. Um, reports were that they wouldn't, weren't going to even offer Kevin Durant a max contract, which seems crazy. (laughs) Um, but also, also Adrian Wojnarowski uh, stated that he even even if they were, they didn't have a chance to get Kevin Durant anyway. But they had a backup plan in place. So, um, I mean, signing <laughs> Julius Randle, Bobby Port- Portis, Taj Gibson, uh, and Wayne Ellington, all to, I think, all to two-year deals? Did yeah. Julius Randle get no, three? Julius Randle was two plus one, two um, plus one. and all yeah. the others are one plus one with, yeah. a, um, uh, with a team option. Yeah. So... The gives you flexibility there, but gives the you thing flexibility. Is, is there's not many free agents. Twenty 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 one is the year where free yeah. agency is going to be absolutely hectic. Um, uh, I'll just pull it up quickly. While so you're... the the thinking is there that they've figured out that they're going to miss uh, on out on the big free agency of this year, and that they are aiming for the twenty twenty one free agency class. Um, but the question for me becomes you I mean you've just had the whole Kristaps Porzingis uh issue which I think I don't think that uh, solely rests on the Knicks though. I, I don't think was, it solely rests on the Knicks, but I think of... it's sort of it was the Knicks had a responsibility to make it work because of his talent. Uh and given it didn't work, I think it very much inhibited their the desirability of players to go there in free agency. Um, and, I mean, will that have changed in 2021? Will they, will they, will players want to go? I mean, they'd have to sort of really uh, change their image as a franchise and as a front office in so, the next so few years. So, I just pulled it up um, here. You've got LeBron, who's obviously going to be a bit older, Giannis, Anthony Davis, Paul George, Damian Lillard, DeRozan, Westbrook, Gobert, Hayward, Beal, and then the rookie class that will all be restricted. You've got Donovan Mitchell, Tatum, Lonzo Ball, Fultz, Josh Jackson, Dennis Smith Jr., Laurie Markinen, De'Aaron Fox, um, <coughs> plus a host of others. There's abs- a bucket load of players. Blake Griffin, Blake Griffin. No, Blake Griffin. Or, or did he resign? He resigned. He resigned. Um, also, Damian Lillard. Resigned also extended. since that yes. post, yeah. So and, five days ago, I believe. Uh, that's that's Anthony Davis is down as an unrestricted free agent in that, but he'll be a restricted free agent 
at the end of this year. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah. So I think, like, a few of them might be hit and miss there just in terms of their contract structures and stuff. But you get the picture. There's a lot of players kind of around that time that are looking or be up for money. I think the biggest name is Giannis in all of that. Yeah, absolutely. Milwaukee can solve that problem by... Offering the Supermax. Which I dare say, if I was a gambling man, they would. But yeah, I mean, all, the, would. All, all it seems as though Giannis is pretty happy in Milwaukee as it stands. But if he but, goes another year in the East with, um, you know, a Brooklyn team that doesn't have Kevin Durant and they don't do what they need to again... Um, I mean, we've, we've obviously seen, especially in recent times, that discontent can brew pretty quickly. Uh, I mean, don't yeah, think anyone I think really he might. knew that there was problems with Paul George. He could, po- he could possibly outgrow Milwaukee in a way. It's kind of a very low, small market team. Um, yeah. he might kind of, I don't think he seems to be that kind of guy, but he kind of might want to thrust himself out no. there more. And I think, I think the fact, like, where he's from really sort of... Um, I think that's sort of why he's unlike all of those other players. That yeah, absolutely. The spotlight. Maybe he might seek warmer weather. You know, he's he's he, yeah. if he enters free agency, he's going to have the run of the, the run of the league. You know, dictating yes. his terms wherever he goes. Yes. But I mean, I, I'm not sure he'll do that because he might. He will more than likely show loyalty to Milwaukee, who have got his brother on their roster now. I believe as one of his brothers. One of I believe the other ones at and Dallas, and then his other brothers at Dallas. Um, yeah, those kind of things might play into it. Oh. Yeah, um, so I, I, that's a conversation for another day, but there is a host of free agents coming up that the Knicks could be looking to target. But the, the thing with the Knicks, what they've done here is they haven't panicked and signed a bunch of undeserving players to large, ridiculous contracts like they have in the past. What Just, about Bobby Portis? <laughs> that's, yeah, well, they have, but the, the problem is they had to I spend think, 90% of their cap. I so, think the fact that it's all two-year deals yeah. is sort of a clear indication of their plans. And they, because they had so um, much... Oh, sorry, Rory. Well, my... I mean, my question is... Is... You know, is it... Is it worth missing out on all of these free agents and sort of just figuring, okay, we'll try again in two years. Like, I figure at some point that's not a viable... Like, it's not a viable strategy. I believe um, in the meantime, they'll be looking to do that. Well, I hope, <laughs> as a professional organisation, they'll be looking to do their best in the meantime to improve themselves. It's just my my issue is that they it doesn't seem like they're interested in um, rebuilding the traditional way through draft picks, etc. And they've, over the past six years, they've had the worst record in the league, joint worst, with... The Lakers, who are now going to be good again. Um, and, you know, they've just signed up for another two years of that. Yeah, I do like their young core, though. Like, they do have some interesting young pieces currently at their disposal. Um, but they're in a very... They've got a very long way to go. They're very, they, they've got a massive uphill battle coming up. I do, like I said, I do like the fact that they've got a lot of cap control both next year and the year after. They haven't committed to long, I'll put that word in there for Max, long and ridiculous contracts. They did have to spend 90% of their cap for the available cap for the season, which is legislation. They have to do that. So they had to give these players 
probably deals you're not going to... That's why these players are all rubbing their hands together. Going, sweet, I'll go to the Knicks for a few years. One of their, one of their homegrown draft picks is probably going to have to like become a number one if they are to become more of a destination. Whether that's Knox or Robinson or, or Barrett... Yep. Um, one of them's going to have to, like, pop. Um, yeah. Dennis Smith Jr. Don't think it would be him, um, however, but... But I, I, I don't mind kind of the strategy of um, taking a look at those kind of lottery guys that didn't really work out, like Bobby uh, Portis and Randall, seeing if they can have kind of a second... Uh, if a second home, or in some case, third home, if that brings on a new... New lease of life for New them. New lease of life, almost. Another one that I was thinking of that he just got signed today was Stanley Johnson. Um, he never really kind of showed potential, but those kind of guys, they're might worth taking a swing on them because they could also, figure it out. Also, I actually, I mean, it's not really the piece that's going to make the difference, but I like the Alfred Payton pickup. I think he's a handy little basketball player. So, I mean, I like that issue. I think in... In the they've they've gone about this a much better way than they have in the past. And while it was just a meltdown for the Knicks a week ago when they were missing all these players, if you take a step back and look at it analytically, actually, then based on what they had and where how they've been, um, they're not actually in the worst possible spot. They've got the cap flexibility, control of their players, and they do have promising young players. And hopefully, a few of them, as Max said, will develop into superstars. Um, moving forward, so I mean, it, it, it's not. It's a bit hard for a Knicks fan at the moment, Daniel, but um, it's not looking forward. It's it's it, it's more promising than it has been. I think. I think it's been hard for being a Knicks fan for a little while now. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, let's move on to another big basketball city, uh, in Boston. So obviously, the big news there was Kemba Walker signing a uh, four-year deal. Four-year max, one forty-one, I believe. Um, I mean, the big the big question is: Will Boston be better or worse than last year? There's a, quite a few factors that sort of play into that. Obviously, uh, Kyrie Irving leaving. Um, in my opinion, Kemba Walker isn't that much worse of a basketball player than Kyrie Irving. I prefer Kemba Walker to Kyrie Irving. Personally. I wouldn't prefer Kemba Walker to Kyrie Irving, but I do personally. I th- I think Kyrie's a superior talent. He's got uh, the saying about him is he's the YouTube those... talent. <laughs> he's the superior I mean, YouTube talent. I just yeah, yeah. he was. Yeah, I no, I understand. I just I think Cleveland he's winning the... their championship for Boston. He's the better player. Um, uh, you're gonna see more development out of Brown and Tatum. Oh, yeah, that that begs a bigger question. Kind of thing. I think is that potentially Jalen Brown. Has is better than um, Jason Tatum. Um, I think Jason Tatum sort of still needs to, and he's very young still. He's what 20, 21. 21. He still needs to build that basketball IQ. Um, my issue with Tatum is him taking too many mid range, too many contested mid range shots instead of attacking the basket. He doesn't make the right decisions. Uh, a lot of the time, um, the biggest the biggest thing for me that impacts how I think the Celtics will be playing this year is Al Horford leaving. Um, I think he was probably the most integral part of that team um, in terms of leadership, in terms of defense, uh, 
and and I think that that's sort that's what sort of changes my opinion and makes makes me think they might just be marginally worse. Um. Yeah, I think for for the Celtics, the environment there, I think whilst you both believe Kyrie's a superior player, which many people would, and I'm of the opposite opinion, just personal taste, but I think in Boston specifically, those two are kind of interchangeable um, based on how Kyrie impacted well, let's, the group. Well, let's just make let's, a distinction. We don't have... Let's make a distinction. Kyrie Irving is undoubtedly a better basketball player, but if you want to start considering chemistry and other factors... Then yeah, that's what, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so, I know that's what... Yeah. So what I'm saying is, for Boston as a team, Kyrie, <coughs> Kyrie equals Kemba. In that situation. Oh, I'd push back on that. Like, they, they're, they're quite interchangeable in that Boston system. I don't think, they're not going to lose much okay, from point guard production. I don't think you can assign all of Boston's chemistry issues on Kyrie Irving last, no. last year. Like, there's broader issues. Yeah, I think that, there's a lot of uh, look, they're young guys need and to I, kind of honestly, I think more. offloading Terry Rozier will help that as well. <laughs> yeah, because he's just sitting on the bench complaining um, the whole time. And how he got $58 million. Was well, he quite a, is he a college yeah. sports athlete? No. Well, I think they just Charlotte had money to spend because they wouldn't hate, spend it on Kemba. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, um, yeah. So, I, obviously, like it's an, uh, there could be an argument to be had there, and there probably is, but whilst losing Kyrie is a massive blow, getting Kemba is also a massive gain. So I think he's going to bring a lot to Boston and will help with those young guys um, and that team going forward. And I agree with Rory echoing his sentiment about Al Horford. Losing him probably sticks out more um, than losing Kyrie purely just because of the fact you don't have a plug-and-play replacement for Horford, whereas Kemba will come in and run well, they're the probably hoping that for Robert, the Celtics. Robert, they're probably hoping that Robert Williams, their pick from last year, is... Um, hopefully gonna yeah um, and, and, um, I mean yeah. there is the expectation that he'll yeah. play a lot more minutes be a bit more effective but uh, I think they I have questions about his work ethic yeah as well I mean he missed <laughs> this is a player that missed um, his flight to Boston after the draft I think because he was asleep yeah I think I think for Boston like I said you're gonna get 25 a game out of Kemba um, it all hinges, I think, on how their young guys, Tatum and Brown specifically, progress into their next year. I don't year. think Campbell will average 25 this year. No, I don't think so either. I think Campbell will average 25 <laughs> this year. In fact, I'd probably push it up to 26 and a half. Oh! If, if you really want. He's going he's gonna to go off. I love Kemba. Anyway, so <laughs> one stat for you I wanted to add in. Jason Tatum has only ever scored 30 points <laughs> once in an NBA game. Uh, so he needs to. That's true. Is that game that, seven? <laughs> he, he scored. He has scored one thirty-point game in the NBA in his career. Um, so just he's what twenty-one. I, he's I understand yeah. that. So far in two years. So all they need from him is to be more consistent, which will come with age. So hopefully he comes through and will be that consistent scorer and live up to his talent because then I think Boston are going to be okay moving forward after losing Horford and Irving. Uh, Just let me (laughs) phrase it like this. (laughs) The Boston Celtics won 49 games last year. If their line was 49 wins, would you go over or under? Under. Um... I'm probably going to take them over just. They're probably going to be 50, 
50-ish. So if I had to, I'd probably, I'll take them over, but just. I'm going to be right around the 50 mark. I think that I would take them over as well, just because one of those, like you've, one of those teams in Toronto will, uh, yeah. will obviously fall back a bit from those 58 wins. I think um, it's going to be pretty congested. And that congested. was a very underperforming. It's going to be pretty congested. Well, up the top. Yeah, between the 40, like the mid 40s, low 40s and 50-ish win range, it's going to be quite congested. It'll be teams taking games here and there from each other. So I think you might see the average wins median decrease this season in the East. Um, yeah, I, I'll probably I'll take I just take them over. Um, I the the reason I said under was just when you effectively put what they've lost, which is not only they've lost Kyrie, but they've also lost Horford, Rosier, um, Baines, who was very kind of important role player for them. Um, they also lost. They lost someone else. Too. Um, one more. I feel like. Um, anyway, and but then some, they've only added they've only added Kemba. I mean, someone um, we completely omitted from this conversation as well was Gordon Haywood, though yes. who we can expect who did start to look a lot like himself. He had a few really nice games yeah, towards the end of the I season. I think we can expect him to sort of move back to the player that he was um, before his injury. As Sorry, well. Morris was the other one. Oh yeah, they've lost. Um, um, now. Let's talk about the sixes. <laughs> where, do we, where do you want to start? Where do we start? Uh, well, let's just quickly <coughs> talk about uh, James. What they did. So they they lost one James Butler. Uh, that is James Butler. And one Timothy John McConnell. <clears throat> uh, resigned Tobias Harris uh, and Mike Scott. Who, who cracked, as far as I'm aware, cracked their playoff rotation a little bit. Yes, yeah, yeah. Very um, important so that's role player quite for us. Important. Uh, signed Al Horford. Yep, happy with and that. And traded James and got Josh Richardson in return. Very, so, very happy with that, actually, that return. I like Josh Richardson. Yeah. Let's just quickly discuss the defensive potential that this team has. Yes. Uh, Ridiculous. Will they be the longest team, longest starting lineup in NBA history? Well, their problem was last year, the only kind of crack in our defense was we had JJ Redick, who was a 5'10 white guy. <laughs> um, and now we now our shortest player in our starting lineup is going to be 6'6, six, six, and that's Josh Richardson. Um, the, the, def- yeah, defensively, they're going to be a nightmare. Um, they also have um, Zaire Smith and. Um, Matisse, um, Tabu, Bull, <laughs> uh, both drafted in the first round in the last two years. So, but then the the question no, is where Landry. Sh- oh, no. Never mind. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> that, but the question is, of course, how's this team going to stay spaced on the offensive end? Where, where's the shooting like? Because the problem was last year is there wasn't enough shooting. Teams would clog the lane on Joel Embiid, and and then it would just break down. Um, the other question is from the. Jimmy Butler trade is is who's going to be the closer. You probably expect that if you're paying Tobias Harris $35 million a year that he's going to be taking over that role, but um, you saw down the stretch in the playoffs they really turned to Butler. So hopefully that can be Harris. Um, 
hopefully they also can um, work Simmons more, I think. Segway onto Simmons, who we believe they'll be giving the max to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, are you happy? I'd assume you'd be happy with this as well. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and what do you want to see from Ben Simmons moving forward to justify the max he's going to be given? What what things do you... Obviously, we're going to make jokes about his jump shot or whatever, but as a beyond that, what do you want to see from Ben Simmons now that he's going to be a max player on your team? I think he does. He, not necessarily his jump shot, but it's more or less his willingness to take it. Um, because if he just... Um, he just doesn't shoot it. Like, I know that's easy to say but it wouldn't it would be different if he sh- actually shot it and only shot 30% but 23 he doesn't percent like shoot it. Um, he just needs to <laughs> I don't know figure out a way that he can score from kind of 16 feet yeah he doesn't need to shoot 40% from three and all that yep. but um, I think also you'll see them looking more at how Golden State used Draymond both as a pick and roll ball handler and as the screener um Allowing Simmons to get a bit of a head that's of steam actually, that's actually, going to go under yeah. a lot. That's actually a very interesting point. You make the comparison with Draymond. Because with Ben Simmons, he's never... I don't think we could confidently say at this point he's never going to be a spot-up, get-his-own-shot, three-point shooter, or you know work work the rock in the on the wing and make his own shot. But there's going to be a lot of things Philly can do for him that we're going to make him still be a very effective scorer and a good scorer even without the ability to shoot the basketball well or the need to shoot the basketball well. I think, um, I mean, he's still quite young, only 22, nearly 23 years of age. Um, another summer under his belt. I think he will start to develop a jump shot a little bit more. I mean, if you sort of contrast him with Giannis, it's only sort of, it's only now that we're seeing Giannis's jump shot um, come through, you start. Yeah. Well, you start. You saw him willing to take it, willing more. to take yes. and make a few threes uh, in the playoffs. Um, yeah, a few big threes too. There he made. Yeah, at time. Yeah. yeah, so I think I think that there is time. There's still time for Simmons to develop the jump shot, and from all, I mean, Brett Brown seems confident that he will. Yeah. Um, but offensively speaking their ability to stretch the floor is going to be a big problem. Uh, I think Al, Ho- Al Horford helps a little bit just because he can shoot outside. He can be that sort of... Um, that player that sort of high post can get yep. the ball and make something happen, good passer. Um, and only... I think... Sorry. Just quickly, I think the biggest sort of... One of the biggest additions that Al Horford makes is the fact that He's not defending Joel Embiid anymore in the playoffs. Um, yes, that that is true. He's a bit of a kryptonite. Um, but another thing with Horford is it gives Philly the ability to have a kind of true backup centre where they can rest Embiid and, and play Horford at the five. Um, he's going to be able to help mentor Bolden because they have very kind of similar games. Um, and pairing him with Embiid... Um, I still have questions over down the stretch in t- in tough games how that's going to work um, def- defensively just because they're just so big and if they get guys like Kyrie um, how they're going to handle switches it, how they're going to handle it all kinds of um, things yeah but it kind of 
to me, this whole thing brings up a, a bigger question about team building is when you compare Philly and Milwaukee, Milwaukee said, right, here's our, this is our star player, Giannis. This is what he's good at. This is what he's bad at. We're going to surround him with everyone else that kind of makes up for his weakness. And Philly just said, let's just get as much talent as we can. And see what to do with and it. And yeah. it'll just figure it out because the sum of, sum of all the talent will just win. Yeah. Um, do I'm, not, I'm not really sure what is the right answer. Um, but, and it's also different because you're also comparing Giannis and Embiid when I think Giannis is probably a, a, a class above. But because Embiid plays in that low post and then we don't have a collection of shooters outside, just makes it really hard for him to, to dominate inside. With Embiid, I just want to see him... He's got all the tools and talent in the world. I just want to see him take care of his body a bit better um, in terms of whether that be prehab, rehab stuff after games. His nutrition is a big one. If he can do all those, he'll get better performance out of himself and he'll just look a bit, not quicker on the court, but he's just going to look a bit more um, free-moving and it'll help him get a higher workload and also be able to handle longer minutes in those big games, which is going to be imperative to whether you guys are going to Succeed or not in the East. Um, I think um, I think that Embiid's conditioning will probably be a priority for the Sixers in the summer as well. Yeah. Um, just just quickly, I, I mentioned this uh, maybe a week or two ago. Um, I think that particularly losing JJ Redick might expose Brett Brown as not a very good head coach. Uh, JJ, and and also the fact that you don't have Jimmy Butler to take over the game at the end when they need to. Um, there was a lot of the plays that they ran, and the most... I mean, the offense really did revolve around JJ Redick. Uh, yes, getting shots. And he's yep. getting shots, moving, um, stretching the floor, and I think that that might be an issue. That's that my, that's my, that's my biggest grievance with Philly... At the moment, is their ability to space the floor and shooting, which we address. He is a bit of a scapegoat, though, because as soon as anything goes wrong, he's that's going to be the name that comes up first is Brett Brown. Brett Brown. Um, well, I don't honestly. I'm. I don't think he's proven that he's a good NBA coach. Yeah, yet. but what's the alternative? There's not. There's no Mike Woodenholzer out there. Yeah. I mean, you could, can take a risk on like Raptors did with Nick like Nurse, Nurse yeah. but are you willing to risk risk? But the, the arguably the franchise the, kind of brightest period in time I, for rookie head coach. I don't know. I don't think we're going to see Nick Nurse's true potential till this season without Kawhi Leonard, because it's kind of a bit easier when you've got that top five player in the world to turn to. I suppose. I mean, still yeah, no, discre- I mean, no I think, discredit think, to Nick Nurse. He was Nick phenomenal. Nurse really, but it'll test his did, ability at a greater length yeah, this season. Just I think he really Kawhi made there. a big impact on the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's. I mean, we can talk about this all day, so might as well. Yeah, yeah. I think we should just quickly before we move on to the Western Conference. Um, who who do we like early coming out of the East? Objectively or not? objectively, Milwaukee for me. Um, I've got Philly personally. Just at the moment, just I think they're quite a talented team. But I think the East is just wide open. And yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I think um I mean it's hard. I think that 
I think I probably have Milwaukee as well. I think it's sort of interesting thinking about adding Al Horford gives you a bit of a greater ability to defend Giannis in yeah. the playoffs. Um, a lot. So I think that's sort of quite a pro for Philly. I think Philly have more talent. A, but a lot will come down to Giannis' growth. Yeah. If Giannis can add a mid-range, even a like a respectable mid-range kind of game, or look to show he's going to add one, he kind of at times seemed a bit... Um, bit uh, he was clustered in the, in the paint, you know, so he just needs to add that mid-range look yeah, or whatever. But so, I think I think that'll also... I think that's probably the difference for me, the fact that Milwaukee will have a three-point shoot, shot um, and which that's has sort become of so where massive. the league it's, is at the moment. Yeah. I think that's that could sort of constrain Philly more. I want to compliment, just before we move to the West, the Pacers. If Oladipo can come back, if he was healthy, they would be firmly in the conversation for me. I think they're a really good organization just in terms of how they play basketball a lot of that community basketball around in indiana and i like the pickup of um brogdon yeah i think um i think well i think it was an overpay simply because bogdanovich got overpay um and they also gave up a draft they have to overpay though in those big markets to get yeah yeah but, but I think they're quite a nice team. And with Oladipo, who's a all-star, um, if he comes back healthy, I think I don't think they're, they're probably kind of... I don't think they're going to win the East, but they're going to be right thereabouts. I mean, the question is if they can sort of progress to maybe the three seed. Um, I'm hesitant to say yes simply because Oladipo will miss yeah, that's some chunk of the season. I think with Oladipo, they're in the conversation without him. They're going to be in the lower tier of the, the final seedings, but they're not quite going to you know be there without yeah. him. But I just did want to compliment Indiana because they do play yeah, nice basketball. The pairing of Miles Turner and Sabonis is going to have to work well. Yeah, very well, yep. For, for this to happen. Yep. They've kind of said, right, this is gonna, we're going to have to start these two and play these two a lot, so that's going to yep. have to work. Yep. Um, let's move... On to the Western Conference. Uh, the team, the first team that I really wanted to discuss was the Utah Jazz, um, who, I mean, outside of the obvious uh, teams that have had a good free a- free agency, uh, <coughs> like, I the think, Lakers. like the Lakers and the Clippers and the Nets. Um, I think that this is the best sort of flurry of moves from a team that I've seen in a long time. Uh, trading for Mike Conley, signing uh, Bogdanovich and Ed Davis, uh, and getting Emmanuel Moutier and Jeff Green to sort of fill out the roster as well. Uh, they moved Derek Favors to the Pelicans, but, um, I mean, where where is the ceiling for this Jazz team? I honestly think if I had, I I think that there's a good chance that the Jazz are the one seed. Yeah, coming out of the West. I, I think um, there are a lot, a lot of similarities for me between them and last year's Nuggets. That they have the potential to be a very good regular season team. Maybe win a playoff series, but well, I guess now. Actually, but I think the I think they've constructed. The they've constructed Is a team the... that can go deeper in the playoffs than they did last year, simply because. What we saw last year was a team that, when Donovan, Donovan Mitchell couldn't make it happen offensively, there was no one else that could step up and fill that role. Whereas now you've got 
uh, Mike Conley, who has a wealth of experience in the playoffs uh, and a wealth of experience as, uh, you know, a floor general. Mike the... Conley's very underrated player. Yeah. I mean, it sort of fits in with that Memphis grit and grind uh, mentality. But also, I think Bogdanovich is huge for them. I mean, he's an incredible scorer. He's shown out time and time again um, in big games, in the World Cup, etc. He doesn't shy away from the moment. So I think that adds a really, really handy addition to their offense when Donovan Mitchell uh, isn't able to make it happen. And this is a team that already sort of had that defensive identity last year as well. Yeah, they're a deep, deep team. Like, if you look at who's going to come on in their second rotation there, you're going to have Ed Davis, Moutier, um, and you probably assume that one of Conley or Mitchell is going to be on the getting, floor. Getting Ed Davis $5 million a year mm, was true. really good. Yeah, because he's, he, he's pretty much straight in for Rudy Gobert when Gobert will take minutes. The, the Sixers series really swung when Ed Davis hurt his ankle and wasn't able to come back. Yeah. Yeah. I just they're 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 one of those teams where they've got they've kind of identified Donovan Mitchell is our star player. His supporting cast is going to be Rudy Gobert and Mike Conley, and we're going to have these deep pieces around him in Bogdanovich, and Davis, Moutier, and that's what we're going to roll with because they they've they've improved from last year substantially. So, um, let me ask this question: Is is there the potential for the Jazz to, uh be the team that comes out of the Western Conference? Yes, there's potential. Do, do I think it would happen? No. I, I think that the superior, <coughs> like, top-level talent of the Lakers and the Clippers would beat them in a series. But they'll definitely... Do you think the Jazz... There. Do you think they're the next team? Yeah. They're fourth behind Denver. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean, I definitely have the Jazz as that next team. I I agree in that it is... I mean, it's hard to argue with the Lakers and the Clippers purely because of the talent that they have. But I think the Jazz... I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if the Jazz made the uh, Western Conference Finals and made it interesting. I definitely would agree with that, yeah. They're, They're... substantially better than they were last season and the pieces they have are all suggesting the same thing and yeah I definitely think they could do that just because of their like I think the identity they're going to have is they're going to be hard to score against and they're going to have a lot of players that can score the basket if they need which is what you need these days to be successful so they're definitely going to be there or thereabouts but as Max said I think just the firepower of the two LA teams will probably still be too much for them. And I'd also, being biased, I'd suggest, but I'd probably still take Denver in a seven-game series with another year of experience under their belt, personally. But that one could go either way, I think. Yeah. Um, Let's just quickly touch on New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, I mean, they they got Derek Favors in a trade from Utah, signed JJ Redick, and obviously gained a wealth of assets and young players from that trade with the Lakers in um, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, uh, obviously Brandon Ingram, obviously Zion Williamson. Um, I mean... Jackson Hayes, they also dropped. Yep. 
though he probably won't make that immediate no. of an impact. Um, but the question for me is, do do we think that they can challenge for a playoff position, or do you think that they'll sort of take the year to um to sort of take a step back and gain a couple more assets, uh, to sort of prime themselves for a contender in the future, and sort of give that time that team a um, bit of time to I think gain experience as well. That's probably what's going to happen. So I don't think see them being really relevant this year, um, and I think no one really expects them to be either. Um, but as you said, with all the um, all the assets they've now acquired and the young talent they have on board, obviously Zion and that, I can see them, you know, really rejigging and well, not rejigging, but aiming their um, their franchise to be successful in two years from now, as opposed to a year. Um, they'll probably still win a fair few games of basketball along the way, just because of the talent that's on the roster. Um, will they make the playoffs? Touch and go. Probably not for me. They're probably just outside the eight there somewhere. Are they a better team than the Minnesota Timberwolves? Yeah, I was about I, to ask the same thing against Sacramento. Are they better than Sacramento? I don't think. I, think I don't Sacramento, think they're better than they're Sacramento, better but I think they're probably just in terms of sort of. It seems like the Timberwolves have the identity of Carl um, Anthony Towns, and then what's really surrounding him. I mean, mm. apart from Andrew Wiggins, but obviously he's. <laughs> His sort of what he gives to a team is pretty contested. I mean, um, I, I use Sacramento purely just because they were that cutoff team for the playoffs. They were a young yeah. team. That's the team I kind of use because they're going to be around that cutoff again. Sacramento. I was like, are they as good as Sacramento at this point? They probably though. They need to find work out who's going. Brandon Ingram would have to play at the level like Fox did to be that number one because they kind of got a lot of those kind of B plus rookie um, first couple of year players, one of them is going to have to take a step to that A minus almost like Fox did yep. in order um, for them to, yeah, for this sake of argument, be better than something. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to definitely, like when I read the run sheet and was thinking about the Pelicans as a playoff team, I was kind of comparing them. It was hard. I was trying to try to compare them to those teams around the cutoff. Sacramento was the first one that came to mind, and I like, like I said, you look at the Pelicans and you don't see them, like I said, being relevant. They will, they will be relevant just because of the names on their roster and the publicity around them. But I think they all know and understand that they don't plan on being a real threat until at least next year or possibly the year after that. Yeah, um, I'm still on Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram Island though. Like oh yeah, no, me. Too. I think that I'm not giving up on that. Still got a lot of potential and uh, more potential than Cumbria. If they play, if they, <laughs> if the Pelicans play it right, they'll definitely be in the conversation in the next couple of years. They've got all yeah. the stuff there that needs There's to be there. A bright future. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Um, where, where do we see the Warriors slotting in uh, in this playoff conversation? I mean, re-signed Clay obviously will be out for a large chunk of the season. <coughs> Um, and got Kevon Looney back on a Cheap, yeah. very favourable deal. Um, uh, and, I mean, they lost Kevin Durant, but also the big one was that they are getting D'Angelo Russell as well. So where where do we think that they could slot in? Um, I mean, my initial reaction was I heard someone say that with D'Angelo Russell they could maybe slot in at six or seven seed and that seemed quite low to me um but the more I think about it it does seem 
it still seems low to me, but it seems like it's not out of the realm of possibility. Look, obviously, with what's happened with them, what's transpired with them, they're definitely pulled back to the pack now. They're right in that, what you'd call the pack in the West. I mean, any team with Steph Curry on it is going to be really, is going to be a good team, you'd assume. And then Clay Thompson, obviously, when he comes back. Um, and then, obviously, D'Angelo Russell's there, but I've got, I'm of the opinion that I think they just wanted to get something for Durant, and I probably could see them dealing D'Angelo Russell. I think it'll be. I think they'll spend that sort of first to see how few months to see how he fits in. Um, but I think that there is there was a lot of talk and there is potential that he could be traded. Um, I think they have to wait till December or something. Yeah, ninety days usually after the yeah. It's December, I believe. Yeah, December yeah, fifteenth. Um, yeah. So, but but can they can they still? Is there potential for the Warriors to say, make the four seed or the five seed, and then get Clay back and sort of slot in as a as a sort of playoff contender again? Yeah, I I reckon they're right there. I, I think it's important that we distinguish between when we say are they better than this team, doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to win more regular season games. Like yeah, agreed. Yeah, um, Denver was a phenomenal regular season team but were they are they a better team than the Golden State Warriors probably not but, yeah so yeah. that's kind I mean, of why my thinking is that potentially I mean when I try and compare teams I try and grab both their rosters at full health in a seven game series and go who do I prefer in a crunch crunch time seven game elimination series as yeah. opposed to who had a better record or that well, if it's if it's that then I think the Warriors are like just below the two LA teams. Yeah. Better than Utah? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, And I think that comes... I mean, that's as we've sort of discussed. But Utah that comes back maybe, to star power. Yeah, Utah well. potentially might win more regular season well, games. Well, yeah. I, I, I have a full belief that Utah will be the number one seed. <laughs> You're convinced? Um, I'm... Yeah. I, they're built to be a, that sort of regular season team. Yeah. Um... Because, like I just said, it's hard because it's when you've got the whole season, when you've got the whole season to try and, you know, pick and choose between teams, it really all it does come down to is a seven game series. Yeah. And in the seven game series, you need particular things that you don't in a regular season, <coughs> just in terms of, you know, you need crunch time plays, you need players that can come up in certain moments, you need a certain identity to win it in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, I mean, you touched on the Nuggets. Before their max, uh, they didn't do very much. They signed Jamal Murray to a maximum contract, which I'd like to quickly debate whether he is worth a max. Um, he's the first player out of the twenty sixteen draft to be maxed. Do you think? Um, right now, no, but they probably had to do it. Yeah, and they're hoping that either next year or this year. That he takes he, that leap. That he takes that leap. Like, on the surface of it, probably you'd say no, he's not. But you're expecting that his career trajectory, like his development, will see him reach that. Yeah, that was my, that was pretty much my understanding yeah. of it so as well. He, he's, just quickly, just if you want a few numbers, if you like, he's eight, 18, he was 18, 5 and 4 and a half. 
and that was a substantial increase from his rookie year, bounce, bounce. He's up to about, yeah, 18 points. But <laughs> it is more about paying for the future than what he is right now. Because right now, he's not a max player. I'm even a, I'm the biggest Jamal Murray fan in the world, and right now, he's not a max NBA player. But I think they see in him a top-tier point guard in the NBA in a few years from now. So they're paying for that potential with Jamal Murray, and rightfully so, I think, in the position they are with Jokic and Murray. If Murray can continue to grow, that you're looking at a pretty formidable team yeah. going um, forward. And he was, the, he, sorry, he was the first player maxed from this draft class, yeah. which I'm looking at now. Which, yeah, I mean, Ben Simmons will join, has yep. joined. Oh, no, they haven't, they haven't announced they're working yeah, through it's, it. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the question for the Nuggets, I mean, we noted earlier that they were a regular season team and they had quite a few struggles in the playoffs. Um, <clears throat> barely getting sp- past the Spurs, who should not have taken a, seven, a series of seven games. Um, and then they were a bit better against, against Portland, but didn't get as far as they would have hoped. Um, do we think that they can take that next, next step and sort of become a playoff team, uh, this season? Um, I think with them, they were so young. So I think the extra year is going to really help them in terms of knowing what to expect when it comes to the playoffs. I think you're going to see a lot of growth from players like Monte Morris and Malik Beasley, who um, are both very underrated. I think I don't think any I've ever heard anyone talk about Monte Morris as a player, and he's to me a very good backup point guard. Um, and Malik Beasley has the ability for me to be the third player in that kind of big three, so to speak, situation for Denver. He's got a lot of potential. He's fast. He cuts. He can shoot the ball extremely well, and he's athletic. And they still got Paul Millsap, who's kind of that solid head. It all is going to revolve around Jokic, um, how he comes into next season, how he's looking. Um, and hopefully Jamal Murray takes his max contract in his stride. And I think if they can put it all together, they're going to be there or thereabouts. And they're going to be there for a long time as well, just because of how young they yeah. are. They're well coached. They're a good group. Um, so I think they're still very encouraged by their prospects at a championship in, I'd say, the next three to four years. Perhaps. Yeah, I think the two um, the two question marks for me is can uh, Nikola Jokic sort of... I think what I noticed in the playoffs was that he can often be too unselfish and not as aggressive mm. as is required as from a superstar. So, so can he sort of... That's where you're hoping that Murray takes that next yeah, step. Yeah, but can yeah. he, can he retool that sort of mentality and be aggressive when it's needed and also where what sort of step does Jamal Murray take next season can he sort of progress towards that max contract that he's been given and do either of the rookies involved Bol Bol and Michael Porter Jr. have any impact on the roster at all if you say his name you might get injured so ah uh, yeah what a funny guy yeah um, I mean will either of them be anything moving forward I don't know yeah, but they could add an extra X factor to the team that they don't have, another dynamic that could even elevate them further or fast track the the progression they're on at the moment towards their young group coming towards a championship. Yeah, but the problem with that is, is that there's just so many guys you're just expecting progression from, and there's only like yep. forty eight minutes. Yep. Um, 
the last question I had uh, for the West Western Conference teams was uh, where where do we see Phoenix <laughs> going? I mean, is there any is there any prospects of Phoenix sort of t- going upwards um, this season or even in the in the near future? They they signed. Uh, Signed Ricky Rubio yeah. and Frank Frank the Tank Frank Kaminsky, but <laughs> they had to they had to get rid of um, picks and players to, to sign, be able to sign Ricky Rubio. Yeah. So and and I mean it. Ricky Rubio sort of takes the pressure off Devin Booker as a ball carrier a bit, which gives him the chance to, uh, you know, move off the ball, which he might prefer. But is like do. Phoenix have any direction at all um, a, that they, they're working towards, or they, are they sort of just? Well, they do, but it's gone the wrong, the gone the wrong way. I mean, before the draft, you were kind of opt- before the lottery. Even I'd say you were optimistic they could turn it around, and they've just somehow just made it even more puzzling and more just like you're just sitting there going, "Well, what are you doing?" Yeah. Like they're not blowing it up because they're trading away assets to sign average. NBA kind of starting caliber players. I mean, less the even. only the only sort of I think that what I my understanding of what they're trying to do is they're trying to sort of get some shooters um, around Devin Booker, spread the floor, give him more room to work. Um, Ricky Rubio, as I noted, takes the pressure off him to create as a ball handler a bit more. Um, I mean, if you look at the draft, Cam Johnson, best three-point shooter in the draft, uh, and Ty Jerome, also a good good three-point shooter, as we said in our last post- podcast, questions, questions over where they were taken. Yes. Um, but also Frank Kaminsky is a handy it's, three-point shooter as well. It's, yeah, it's a management issue, and the thing for me is how long until Devin Booker just wants out? Because he's been there, and he's 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 been there for... Since he was drafted uh, three years ago, I believe it was now. Yeah. Um, um, he, did, he did sign a max extension. He did sign a max extension, but at what point does he not care about the fact <coughs> that he's a max player? He's gotten the bag, as they all call it, you know. But he do- at what point is he going to want to be successful? Because he's going to see all these players around his age starting to be successful. He's going to see... He's going to be sitting at home every April watching the playoffs because, let's face it, Phoenix are nowhere near a playoff team. How long until Devin Booker, their star player... Wants to leave. Yeah. And then I a follow-up that, to that, sorry, is is Devin Booker a franchise player? I think he's definitely got the potential to be a franchise player. Um, as a scorer, he's already there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think that, I mean, Phoenix are one of the teams that, when we think about the West, there's two teams that we can confidently say won't be in the playoffs, and that's Phoenix and Memphis. Oh, oh fuck off. <laughs> oh, we're going to be in the playoffs. <laughs> oh, feel like we had this conversation last year <laughs> um but um the other the other thing to me is <clears throat> this whole this whole Devin Booker uh situation does sort of seem like there is the possibility that discontent could sort of brew and that could be the next sort of situation similar to Anthony Davis yeah where you have a you have a player sort of pushing for I'm, a trade. I'm not entirely sure on his character per se in terms of wanting money versus success or, you know, all the things that factor into where you want to play your basketball or any sport for that matter. But there's only so long you can be in an organisation. It doesn't even look like they're progressing for him. Like, if you are if you put yourself in his shoes, if you're sitting there on a max deal suite, you're getting your money 
and you're going, okay, let's build, if I'm your max player, build a team around me and let's, you know, let's start to improve. But they're just kind of floating. They're just, in fact, they're starting to sink even a little bit with what they're doing. They're just not. I'm, I'm a little bit less convinced that they're not building around him. Um, I think the moves that they have made are an indication that they're trying to put shooters around Devin Booker. Yep. Um, and I think, I don't know, I feel like they might, they're definitely going to be better than they were last year, in my opinion. Um, purely because they have a slightly more established roster. Um, but it's it's not really a situation that you look at and like like Denver or like, um, you know, someone like New Orleans where you look at it and you think, well, look, they've got their superstar or their potential superstar. Um can, like, they've got the talent around that superstar and they will be a very good team in the near future. It just seems like their future is not even a playoff team. Not at this point, no. And even then, even if they're trying to build around Devin Booker. But if they are building, they're building a very crappy oh, yeah. house it's to weird. me. What they did in the draft is just sort of... Yeah, that just puzzled really. me. I was explicable. They, like, they wouldn't have had to sign Ricky Rubio to seventeen million a year if they just drafted Luka Doncic. Well, yeah, but also <laughs> like, yeah. there's, I mean, taking the players that they took where they took them is one thing, but the fact that you're moving TJ Warren for cash and for not much cash as well, and then like you could have taken those players later and gotten something out of it as well, you know, so. I don't know. It's confounding to me. Um, and I don't think that James Jones will last long as a GM, personally. Um, quickly, before we wrap up, who do, who do we who do we have as our favourite uh, free agency teams? Obviously, mine's Utah. <laughs> um, but was, were there any other teams outside of, you know, the Lakers, Clippers and Nets I think that Pacers stood did, out? did a fairly good job for what they had. Um, not really anything else. Brooklyn. You mean you mean, I mean I the think, best? Yeah. I would, put, I would even put Philly in that top tier. Yeah. I think Philly... I think where Philly were with Butler and Harris, you're like, oh, what are they going to do now? They can only max one or the other. What's going to happen? What are they going to do? I thought they were kind of at their same kind of situation as Oklahoma. They're at their ceiling with the roster they had, and I think they've rejigged and retooled, moved some pieces, and actually come back this year a better roster than they had last year. I actually didn't mind the um, Hawks getting Evan Turner. Yeah. Um, I mean... They need. It feels like they just. They've got all this young talent, but it feels like they need a couple of veterans. Yeah. And he kind of fits that mold. From all reports, he's a very good locker room guy, great teammate. Um, I think he can really keep them headed in the right direction. I would have liked to see them maybe add another one or kind of another kind of middle tier player mm. to complement because you can't be just running out five second year players. But I think they're. Yeah. All right. Um. Well, we will, uh, as as free agency sort of wraps up, still probably a few more moves that are yet to be made. Maybe some trades here or there. Um, Carmelo Anthony is still a free agent. Carmelo Anthony is still a free agent. Uh, and Summer League 
is has kicked off and might get a bit interesting as we go on. So um, we will probably be back maybe next week uh, with another podcast. Uh, make sure that you give us a rating and uh, perhaps a review on Good. iTunes. Good, yeah. Subscribe. Uh, it's almost really, really looking season. to, really looking to build out, you know, listener base beyond fourteen listeners. <laughs> Is that? Can you check how many listens we have? Uh, yeah, it tells me. It's almost football season. And I'm much more competent talking about football than I am basketball. Yeah. Um, so that would actually might be provide useful for someone. I don't know where I put my phone, but I can. Oh. How do you get down there? Um. Let's have a look, shall we? Is it still rolling? Yeah, still yeah. rolling. <laughs> still rolling. Just not many. I don't think many people think get to this point of the podcast. Last if you time, do, last time I sorry. checked, our estimated audience was fourteen. Uh, it's not coming up right now, but you know, <laughs> to expand that, we need we need those ratings, subscriptions, reviews. Tell your friends. Uh and we will be back soon with more more content. Thanks for listening. Go Spurs. Thank you. Go Sixers. See everybody. <laughs>